Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, the internet. Wherever you are, you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Danuta. Danuta, how are you doing this morning? Thanks. Oh, hey. Sorry, I pressed the wrong button there. Hey. You're doing really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Now. <laughs> How was your weekend? Fabulous. Yeah, what'd you get yeah, up to? Yeah, fabulous. Got to meet some new folk um, over the weekend. Really lovely people. And um, yeah, my husband's away at the moment, um, just on with some work. And so yesterday, I was able to chill out on my own, doing a mm. few things. So that was beautiful. Absolutely. What about yourself? I had a great. Oh man, I had a packed Friday, like absolutely packed, right up until the sun went down. Just, just running around up and down. I helped my friend move and just like did a bunch of things. Like I worked in the morning, and I, I, I think I probably did a good three hundred, four hundred k's of driving in one day because True. I was just driving up and down the freeway, helping people move and stuff like that. Oh, so bless was, you! You've got such a good heart. It was, it you? was an interesting time, but outside of that it was like packed friday but then a nice like good saturday great saturday night a group of us jumped on the train went down to sydney had dinner and spent some time together was it japanese again no 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 it was malatang which is chinese so basically i think i probably talked about this on the on the show before but you basically get a bowl you get a pair of tongs you go up to a wall of ingredients you grab and you put your own in you grab all the ingredients Uh, you want and then you give it to them and they cook it for you and it's amazing and then what did i do on sunday oh I helped another person move on Sunday, and because right now are they all moving away from you, Bunny Chance? Uh, potentially, uh, no. Well, the person I helped on Sunday is just going away for student holidays and coming back soon. So yeah, man, just just got around, just got around, did lots of traveling, had a good time, but also rested, relaxed, and am ready for a fresh new week. Speaking um, about God's word. Coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about a worldwide church and some of the moves that it makes around the world and how it is affected by the different countries in the world and the regulations there and the deals that it's cutting, all kinds of things. We're going to get into some worldwide church stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on Faith FM, and we are going to get into our first quiz of the day. According to Mark, what blind man shouted out in a loud voice to get Christ's attention? Mm. That's in the book of Mark. So what blind man shouted out in a loud voice to get Christ's attention? There was a lot of people that were trying to get Christ's attention when he was around, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. This one is named. Yes. This one is actually named. Oh, and that name, all we need to know is what it was. And 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win an amazing prize. Do you know this prize? Do you, do you know this book? Yeah. Do you have I've this got, book? I have it at home and, and I'm, I'm a good friend of ours. Um, yeah, Sue has, Sue Rad has actually written this book. It actually received the, the top in the world award when it came out. Yeah. Um, and it's called Food as Medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got it? I do not have it because it is a big, amazing book that is expensive. And we want to give it to you absolutely for free. All that you need to do is answer this quiz correctly. Again, that 
question was, if you can get it for us, Daniel. Yeah, according to Mark, what blind man shouted out in a loud voice to get Christ's attention? Yeah. So give us that answer. Hey. Absolutely. That award, by the way, it's awarded Best Health and Nutrition Cookbook in the World for 2017 at the prestigious Gormand World Cookbook Awards. That's so, it. it but, but by the way, it is a massive big book is, and it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And I don't think it's expensive at all. So mm. I'm just going to add that one in. Um, I think compared to some other cookbooks, it is actually really, really good. But here's the thing. It doesn't just have recipes. Sue actually takes you through the journey explaining why all the different foods themselves, natural foods, act as medicine for your body. That's why it's actually called food as medicine. So each recipe um, also explains their, the, the different foods that are used there and, and how they apply for your body. And that's why it won such a good prize. Wow. Because we have been designed, you know, by God, um, in such a way to to live off the land in many mm. ways. And there's so many processed foods and she's really trying to bring that back in. And it's just super good. One of our favourites. Can yeah. I give my favourite? It's fantastic. It's a chocolate mousse, but it's Ooh. not your typical chocolate mousse. How do you make it? Oh, it's only got four ingredients, so you could easily make it. Okay. Seriously, my husband's uh-huh. made it many times uh-huh. too. But I'm not going to give away. I'm, a, I'm not going to give away the ingredients. I'm a good chef. I, like, I'm, I'm I'm good at cooking. Like, yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm feeling some some heat uh. here. Like, oh, it's easy for you to make. Well, hey, come on, no, like, no. I, I'm, I'm good at cooking, dude. Come on. I know, no, I know, I know. <laughs> I just, but I also like, know that you're a student and you don't have a lot of time sometimes. Oh, sure, so sure. four mm. ingredients, putting it together, putting oh, it in the okay. fridge is easy. And it's not full of cream, so it won't jam oh, up your awesome. brain when you're needing to study, Lawson. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, 0491-064-669 is the number to text for this amazing prize this week. Danuta, what is happening in the world of positively different news? Some good news. Lawson, do you know what a paleontologist is? Paleontologist. Is that how you say it? Pa- yeah, a, pa- a paleontologist. is. It's like someone who is studying... Don't go looking it up. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yes. So a paleontologist mm-hmm. is a paleontologist is a scientist who studies the history of life on Earth through the fossil record, which <laughs> is something know that? that I kind of knew. <laughs> I knew that they studied like fossils in the ground, but uh, okay, I did look that up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, paleontologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do. They do. So you gave the, the interpretation of that. So they do study mm. the fossils. And and what's really interesting is just the other day, a thirty-three-year-old paleontologist. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Jamie Jordan, mm-hmm. was on his way to a local quarry mm-hmm. where he actually takes groups for tours mm-hmm. and he found on the quarry floor, mm-hmm. guess what? I, I'm, I'm hanging out. Yeah. Just before you say, just before you say, where is this? Uh, yes, yeah, so in um, Cambridge, in the Ca- Shire of Cambridge in, 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 um, in the UK. Okay. So in Cambridge Shire, you know how they've got shires? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, sure. It's like okay. their counties, you know, it's yeah. like their, their regions. It's like what we would call our states here, but they've got... Yeah, their regions is the shy. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, what would they find? Okay, I'm going to assume that it's some kind of like artifact, not like a bone or something, maybe some kind of artifact, but hey, what, what, do, you, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, so he's found a four foot long mammoth tusk. Oh, okay, it was a yeah, bone. Okay. It was. That and is it's amazing. Re- four foot long. So the mammoth is, is considered to be an animal that existed, um, that is no, long, no longer around, so it's extinct, uh, but actually. 
bigger than today's elephants. Yeah, right? and big and woolly. Yeah, you know. yeah. And he found found this incredible find. In fact, what's really interesting with Jamie is they actually found his first fossil when he was four years old. So that's oh, probably where okay. he started getting his interest into all of this uh-huh, sort of uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, he was on his way and he found found this, and it weighs fourteen tons. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, not fourteen tons. The mammoth in those days would have actually. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was just wow. like, sorry, like, got that, got that one. Yeah, yeah, for fourteen. Yeah, yeah, tons. yeah. No, what a lift. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, but the interesting thing is, so they've actually put, they've wet it and to prevent damage. So, mm-hmm. and they will actually then spend um, the next six months preserving it um, so they can examine it. So he's taken it back to the fossils galore um, place where they actually do these, uh, the research on anything that is found. Mm. Um, and they'll be an- analysing it to see exactly when, when it's from, you know, possibly which quite which which animal. But he does know it's from a mammoth. Mm. But he said it was literally sticking out of the ground, which is amazing. What's really interesting too is that this particular organisation, also the fossils galore, are also working on analysing a skeleton that they found in Surrey, so another part of England, in tw- 2017, um, and it's. Um, a skeleton of a dinosaur. Mm. And I don't know about you, but did you always believe that dinosaurs existed? Because I didn't until only a few years ago, really, which is interesting because, mm. like, you see, I remember being in Adelaide and walking past the museum and they'd have the bones of the dinosaurs put together and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a dinosaur. But maybe they put bones together. That's how I used to think. Sure, anyway. sure, sure. But in 2016, when my husband and I went to the US, mm-hmm. Friend of ours took us in Texas mm-hmm. to a place where there's actually massive footprints in the rocks. Wow. So we've actually got a photo of Keith with his Texan boot that he just <laughs> bought the day before. <laughs> but he's, he's wearing them that day. And because mm. we weren't expecting to go to this particular place and we went for this walk and he's got his foot with this Texan boot in this massive footprint of a mm. dinosaur and it's way, way bigger than his foot. And I was like, okay, so there were dinosaurs. Interestingly, mm. um, the, the Bible actually speaks in the book of Job about a behemoth and a leviathan. And they, and of course we know in, in, and, and they're believed to be really large animals and some, you know, think that it's, it's on, on the dinosaurs in that sense. Um, large animals, but also in Genesis 124 and day six, God created living mm. creatures, but some people miss that he actually says there and he created beasts. Mm. Large animals, and so so there you go. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, another yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh I just uh, you know these. Um, I think often I I have observed within Christian communities sometimes a rejection of the idea of dinosaurs existing that I think comes from a fear of letting in you know anything uh, that is uh, well. Could, you know, maybe give light to the theory of evolution. Of evolution, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. But the fact that these animals existed, I don't, I don't think disputes, you know, or even promotes an idea of evolution. Oh, no. The fact that they, they, well, they're just animals that existed. That's and, right. And our, you know, we've had our, uh, you know, amazing scientists and our amazing experts who come on the show and talk about geology, you know, John Ashton or creation ministries or whatever it may be. And it's like, okay, we can obviously see these fossils. We can see them, you know, these, these footprints and these bones and, and all of these different things. 
things. And it's like, oh, well, actually, the the way in which we find them often kind of gives um, gives some credence to a, a to the idea of the flood because. Um, it's it's often that we see them buried within you know mm. sedimentary rock and buried alive, and that's mm. why they're fossilized. It's like, oh, well, how do these animals you know end up in this state? And it's as a result of a you know a worldwide flood. So I I think uh, I'm like yeah yeah dinosaurs are really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think they definitely existed and I think that you know we have you know the fossils and whatnot to be able to prove that. But yeah, they were roaming around with humans, uh, you know, doing their thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Hey, another really bit of good news. I think this is fantastic. Um, look, brain tumours have often been detected quite late. Sure. And what's really exciting in in, in Japan, in a university, wow. um, with research, they've uh-huh. actually just started, they've just found that there's a simple urine test can detect a deadly brain tumour that can actually kill within 12 months. And so the exciting thing is that that can actually detect it in urine. They're actually exploring this whole thing a lot more, but it's the glioma tumours. Glioma basically is associated with glial cells mm. um, that actually make up the supportive tissue in the brain. Um, and they, so they don't actually send electrical impulses, but they surround the nerve cells and help them function. Mm. And so the tumor, you know, once that actually develops, can actually press on the brain and spinal cord and bring on lots of different symptoms. I don't know if you've had family members or friends or know of people that have had mm. brain tumors, but it can be pretty debilitating to, to see the effects on them, but also the effects on the family. Mm. Um, it can affect people's speech, it can affect their walking, it can give memory loss and confusion and things like that. So the exciting thing is that through this simple method that's non-invasive, they may be able to start detecting early on with the mm. uh, the glial cells what's actually happening and deter- uh, detect the glioma tumours early in the brain. And I think that's really fantastic, mm, really absolutely. fantastic news. Dude, to do a, a urine test, like... And all of a sudden, you know whether you have a brain tumor or not. Like Mm. for for detection's sake, that's incredible. And I think with a lot of these things, tumors and cancers and and whatnot, early detection is the best measure for prevention or for you know for for solving these kinds of issues. And so it's amazing that there's such simple methods that can be used to be able to solve this problem. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to get another clue for another quiz. We're going to get another quiz, guys. I've got Danuta bringing it to us. Second one for the week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Among the many visions in the book of Revelation, there is one of of a woman in the sky about to give birth to a child. What creature appears before her? Oh, hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0640-0491-064-669 is our number that you can text with the correct answer to get in for our amazing prize this week, the draw for our amazing prize, which is, if you can give it to us, Danita. Food as Medicine Cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um, by Sue Rad, yes. and it's cooking for your best health. So yeah. like we said, it's about using foods mm-hmm. to be medicine for your body. It's also, like pretty much all cookbooks, an amazing coffee table piece. Like just incredible. It's like maybe what – and I, I'm not just talking this up. Like I'm, I'm dead set. I'm dead serious. I've seen a lot of cookbooks in my time. It's maybe one of the best-looking cookbooks I've ever seen. 
It's huge. It's big. It's chunky. It and, is. And all of the pictures in it are just really good looking. Which, Absolutely. Man, it's just, it's just something you can, it's just soothing to look through. But then it also just makes you hungry. It's like you, it you does make you hungry it. when you open it and you want to mm. actually do those recipes. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So oh, what's that? What's that, producer? I'm not so sure you want to have a cookbook on your coffee table because then every time somebody comes over to your house, they're like, um, what? You have this? Um, yeah. What did you just feed me? No. <laughs> so come on back in the kitchen. Give yeah, me some yeah, good Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's good. That's, that's good. No, it's actually helpful for you because then you become a better host. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You become a better place to head over to. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Can you read that quiz for us one more time? Among the many visions in the book of Revelation, there is one of a woman in the sky about to give birth to a child. What creature appears before her? Mm, absolutely. Now... Speaking of the book of Revelation, by that way, that number was 0491-064-669. We come to the book of Revelation, we come to chapter 17, and when we get to chapter 17, the Bible says, Then one of the seven angels who had their seven bowls came and talked to me, saying, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Mm. So we come to Revelation 17, verse 1, and the angel here, he's like, Come and look at the great harlot. Now, the book of Revelation is written in symbols, but the Bible always gives us the tools and the means to be able to decipher those symbols and to see what these prophecies are getting at. Now, a woman in Bible prophecy equals a group of congregated people who are together for worship. A, a re- an some, assembly of people, an assemb- a church. Yep. That's right, a church, an assembly of worshipping people. Uh, now, in other parts of Revelation, you've got a woman who is pure and who is a virgin, and this is a representation of God's pure church, like mm. the people who are truly following God in this world. Now we have this harlot. Mm. Woman, And it's like, okay, well, if it's a woman, that means it's a congregation of people. Uh, but it says here that they are, you know, a, a harlot. So what does that look like? In verse 2, it continues on. It says, With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So it says here, what makes her a harlot is that she has fornication with mm. the kings of the earth. So with herself and with those who are in political ruling and authority, mm. there is some level of of mixture. There is mm. some level of combination. There is okay. some level, you know, the Bible uses the word fornication, which is obviously an allusion to sex, but mm. this is obviously symbolic talking about, you know, two groups of people who are intermingling and having some kind of relationship. And here mm. we can t- see the relationship between a church and a state. That's right. And when that, church and state has this kind of relationship it, it it leads to the situation in which you know the bible calls this a, a harlot or an adulterous woman um who is yeah it, it's a essentially an adulterous church, a church that isn't truly following, following jesus following and, and god ways. yeah that's right because they are living up to you know the the um, the standards of the kings of the world. You know, they're intermingling with these two different things, which always compromises truth, by the way. And that's the key, isn't it? There is a compromise because it's not one way or the other. Mm, absolutely. Now, the rest of the book of Revelation, well, 
chapter 17 describes this one. But then particularly you come down to cha- uh, chapter 17 and verse 17 where it says, For God has put into their heads to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and give the kingdom to the beast um, until the words are filled. And the woman, sorry, not that verse. If I go just before, okay, here we go. In verse 16 it says, And the ten horns which he saw on uh, the beast, these were filled with hatred. So these are actually the ten kings. Um, they were filled with hatred. Um, these hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So we see the situation unfold. It's like this church or this, this, you know, group of worshiping people, they make fornication with the kings of the earth. They mm-hmm. mix and mingle church and politics combined. Uh, but then an eventual result of that is the persecution of that woman. Mm-hmm. But then it continues on in 17 and 18, which I just read. And it's ultimately, despite this, this kind of, uh, you could say this attack on this harlot, you know, this harlot woman, this you know, prostitute this, uh, this false church, despite yep. this attack, still the kings of the earth, you know, make fornication with her. They still intermingle with her. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, you know, the woman in verse 18, it says, and the woman who you saw in that great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth, it still has some level of reign. Now, I, and many people apply this when we see this around the world, we see, okay, churches that combine with states are, representing this woman. Absolutely. And when... Sorry, can I say too, when we have horns in the Bible too, they represent powers. They represent powers and and kings and nations. And when you read that in 16, that's why we know too that it's representative of power and authority. That's right. The worldly ones. Now, a story story has actually come out from China uh, in relationship to the Catholic Church. This says, Pope Francis has approved a new bishop in Shanghai. uh, But during that process, the Vatican actually had some issues with China because China installed this priest by themselves. Um, now, this is because for churches to operate in China, they have to fall within certain guidelines, use certain Bible translation, and be mm-hmm. constantly monitored mm. as a result. Uh, and because of this, because of this uh, you know, constant monitoring, often these churches in China are really, at the end of the day, Chills for the CCP, uh, 100%. They, they do the Chinese, the Chinese bidding. And we talked a little bit on the show, I believe it was either last week or the week before about groups of these churches being like, yes, we want to change the face of the world of, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity. Uh, but it's not that they are wanting to reach people with the gospel. It's what, it's that they are wanting to reach people with a pro-communist message. Right. Uh, which like, again, a pro-political message in any sense. Is, is a bad message. Mm-hmm. I, I, it is, it is not a biblical message. Mm-hmm. It is, it is not the gospel. Now, we, you know, Pope Francis, he's, they, they had some issue because China was just installing priests and installing bishops without talking to the Catholic Church. But then the Catholic Church is kind of in a position where they're like, oh, well, if we want to operate in China and we want to have some level of influence there, well, then we should just do what they say. Um, and as a result, the, the Pope actually, you know, blessed this priest and said, yep, the priest can stay. Uh, even though within Catholic tradition, like, you know, assigning priests and whatnot is literally you know, according to them, it's like the assignment of priests. The reason the Pope has to do it is because it's like he is speaking on behalf of God to assign these priests. It's like a God demanded thing. That's right. He's seen as authority on this yeah. earth. 
well, replacing God. That's exactly. What, I mean, he's Pope actually, and they call him Father, don't they? But even the Pope has conceded here and said, oh, well, you know, for the greater good, we'll just let China do their thing, which I, I'm like, well, that's against your theology and your belief in your you know supremacy mm. and whatnot. But we can see that Catholicism, well, around the world is actively and desperately trying to have these good relationships with you know, the different nations on earth um, to give it this power. Well, for example, uh, the Vatican is now in talks with Vietnam, which is quite landmark in the sense that since 1975, you know, since the end of the Vietnam War, there has not been an official Catholic presence in Vietnam. Uh, you know, there there has right. been some churches and whatnot, but yep. but because Hinduism and that is that was the key religion out out in those in those countries. Absolutely, and simultaneously in Vietnam, you have you know the view was essentially that France, which was the former colonizers of Vietnam, had a close relationship relationship with the Vatican, so it was like against their political interests to let the Vatican keep operating there, which again really highlights, you know, the, because the way that the Vatican has operated in the past and throughout mm. all history has been with political interests. Um, and and yeah, and so we see that they're now in talks again to allow the Catholic Church to come back and whatnot, which in so many cases I would look at a story like this and I would think, hey, you know, good. Like, mm. it, you know, if 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 my church was trying to enter Vietnam and try Trying to establish a presence there so they could share the gospel, then that would be fantastic. But what we are consistently seeing is that these relationships, and what we have seen throughout all history, is that these relationships between the Catholic Church, between this group um, of congregating worshippers and the kings of the earth, are one that are for pol- uh, well, it's one that is for political benefit and based on political benefit. And so I am often, and we can see the fulfillment of what we've just that's read right. happening in these last days. Exactly, I'm seeing these inter. Interactions, mm. And I'm like, this is incredibly Revelation wow. 17-esque. You know, the kings of the earth yep. mingling with these churches, these group of congregants and believers. Um, and as a result of this, the gospel is being, you know, misplaced with a message that is all about serving the beast, is all about yeah. serving self, yeah. and is not about finding repentance in Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM positively different. The Jordanaires with Peace in the Valley. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and we have our next quiz. Thank you, Danuna. Yeah, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the blank bodily. What's the word there that's missing? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the blank bodily. Bodily. Absolutely. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Well, mostly text. Please text us <laughs> at that number so that you can enter into the draw for our amazing prize this week, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health by Sue Rad. Do you want to read that one more time for us? Today? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the blank bodily. And you mm. do want to go in for the draw for this because this is a seriously amazing, amazing cookbook mm. by Sue Rad. Food as medicine. Absolutely. 0491-064-669. We now come to the time of the day where we have an interview, and our interview for today is none other than Justin Lawman. Pastor Justin Lawman, are you there with us? Hi, Lawson. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm killing it. I'm kicking goals. You know, you know, beautiful <laughs> Monday morning here, a little bit overcast. Um, but, yeah, we're doing really well, and we're stoked to hear from you to talk about all things politics and prophecy. 
Yeah. And that's the voice of Denuda I hear there. It is. My old you, friend. Yes, Justin, I was just saying before you came on that you're a good friend and how you used to come out to us out in the West. And, um, yeah, we ended up getting two dogs because you suggested for us to get a second one. Do you remember that? <laughs> we, we actually still have them since, you know, we've moved to the Aww. coast, but they're just the best. Okay. But, yeah, they're really happy. Anyway, great to have you on today. What have you got to share with us today? <laughs> I want to talk about the housing crisis and, in oh, fact, yes, Let's go. it's a real problem finding rent and everything. But mm. as I travel around the place uh, preaching and doing stuff, the number one question I'm asked by people, what mm. is it? Uh, okay, <laughs> as you're traveling around preaching. Yeah, these are, these are church people mainly, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, man, the it's, number it's one. obviously something relating to housing, yeah. though, because you're talking about it's that where, today. Where they should live, where they should live. Can yes. you believe it? That is the overwhelmingly. That's what people ask. Mm. Mm. So Absolutely. it is uh, causing anxiety on every front at the moment about where you should live and finding houses. That they're they're pouring the population six hundred thousand, I think, in the next year or two, and. That's just going to put more and more pressure on finding rent. But particularly in in Matthew 24, mm. where Jesus gives this great parallel where about the destruction of Jerusalem that applies to the his arrival the second time mm. globally. Yeah, there's a verse where you know the Christians all submitted to this passage. History tells us where he said, "When you see the abomination of desolation." Mm. Spoken of by Daniel Prophet, staying in the holy place, let him his Judea flee. Mm. And the people fled. Christians were not caught up in the siege at Jerusalem because of the warning Jesus gave them mm. to get out of that city. Mm-hmm. That has another application for our day. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the day's coming. It hasn't arrived yet when. And I'm just going to jump to the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Give us the when America, mm. when America legislates worship, yeah. false worship, uh, it is the absolute sign that you are to get out of the cities mm. if you want to have a um, decent existence. Yeah. So um, I'm not a prepper. Mm. I pastored in Los Angeles for a few years, and at least two of my members had bunkers under their houses and in their backyards, wow. which were, I've got to say, they were pretty awesome. Wow. And if you're living in LA, you probably want a bunker just for a normal day. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got our resident American, Shell, in the studio, dying of laughter as you've said that, as someone who comes from Wisconsin and is currently wearing a Green Bay Packer shirt as well, just absolutely <laughs> showing out. Um, she, yeah. she well, is wholeheartedly she would know LA, Wisconsin's not LA. LA is a zoo, and um, it's getting worse. But anyway... We're not. I'm not into the bunker and burying tins of food up in the mm, mountains mm, and mm. digging them out. You know all of that. There's a whole industry now of prepping because mm. I think the wider society is getting a sense, and particularly after the COVID lockdowns, that to live 
in a rural setting is advantageous sure. compared to living in an inner city. So I just want to give a few pointers to the listeners. Mm. Absolutely. You love your pushback or anything you want to yeah, say, yeah, so, so I'm putting it well, out there today. You, I don't really care what people think. I just say it. And, you know, <laughs> we love just, it. Um, and you're you're living rurally yourself, um, I am. Justin. I'm on 68 so, this year. Yeah. What are those benefits? Because you're saying there's advantages to moving out of the cities and doing that. And what what have you particularly found? And what do you feel are the advantages for people moving you know, out? And I, I move tons because of my job for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. I'm expecting I'll be, uh, you know, advanced passes move. We move. We move all the time. Yeah. Uh, my job just happens to be one where I travel now. And my long-term plan, I brought this farm in 2014 while I was working in the office where you are this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and with when I retire, that's where I'll retire to. My mum's here, my son and his kids and wife are here, my sister-in-law's here. I've got a whole family network around here. Wow. Um, mm. The so I, I do a lot of driving. I'm often talking to you on the side of the road on a Monday morning. I'm, I'm at home this morning. Mm-hmm. But um, I I absolutely love having a bit of space around me. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, the animals are probably one of the big things. We have cows and sheep and ducks and chooks and dogs and everything you can imagine. Yes, you've really got an animal farm. Well, that's what I'm into. Sort of that's fabulous. Animal farm. That's probably <laughs> So, um, your own. We've got forty blueberry trees and oh. all sorts of mm. cherries and apples and stuff, and that's all great. Uh, I have awesome neighbours mm. that are just wonderful to live around. People where you support one another, and the. The difference when I go now, I'm I'm mentoring guys down on the coast and everywhere where it's quite busy. I notice the traffic, the the people that just are angry as they're driving, cutting you off and everything. It's just a very different pace of life. Mm. And my granddaughter comes over here wanting to get the eggs from the chooks and every every day nearly, particularly with mm. Wendy. I'm not always home, but um, just. It's awesome for just the pace of life and the, the outdoors mm. and um, and real natural, yeah, that, real natural that, and healthy living, isn't it? I mean, the, the blue yeah. zones around the world. I don't know if people, are fam- uh, if some of our listeners are familiar with the blue zones, but there's some key areas around the world where people are living for hundred or more years because they're still living off the land, and that's what you're doing essentially, isn't it? Well. I, I'm not here as often as I'd like, but hey, uh, when I am, it's awesome. And I, but I've got to say, it's not for everyone. Mm. Some people that have never lived in the country, they would find some things a bit confronting or hard to do. And and managing a property is more to it than it looks. You've got a lot more work because you've got a bigger property. Mm-hmm. But I I just thought in for a few minutes couple of points to think about for people. Mm-hmm. First thing, I think you should get out of the city centres today as soon as you can. Um, that's just my opinion. I saw what happened in COVID. Mm. Um, I think living in the suburbs is a bit different to living in a city centre. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the 
pressures that will come on you in a crisis and we live in the age of the crisis and you you see history gets pushed further down the road from one crisis we roll and everything seems normal then bang Mm. and the normal is not normal anymore because there's all sorts of challenges that we're facing that I talk about every Monday I think it's a good time to think about getting out of the city centre that's Mm. not the suburbs that's just the city centre I just believe that um, second thing, I think ideally when push comes to shove, if you can have a little bit of land, you don't need lots, mm-hmm. just a few acres where you can have some trees and a garden, you can have some chooks and things. You can basically grow your own food. Mm. You don't need a lot of land. Don't mm-hmm. think I've got to go on spend millions on a 6,000 acre property. No, 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 no. Just, just a little bit of land mm-hmm. where you're not as dependent on the shops. Mm. If there's a power outage for a week, I've lived through one of those where in, um, in the city, there's no food in the supermarkets. Mm, it's like that's unbelievable. Very true. Very true, isn't it? It's unbelievable yeah. just without electricity and all of that is getting put under great pressure for lots of different reasons. Mm. Um, your job and your employment is the third thing you have to think about. It's no good living somewhere. I have to drive three and four hours to get to work. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, living in Los Angeles in the city took me three hours a day to get my kids to school. Oh, wow. True. To get them there that got and then old. back. Okay, wow. Yeah, it, it's pure traffic. There's 14 lanes there on the driving down the 210 <laughs> and the 10, and you, you've got – you just stop, start. And what should take you a half an hour takes you an hour and a half. Wow. But you can, you can get some cheap places, uh, in regional areas still in Australia that are awesome little towns to live in, but you've mm. got to get a job. And so that's why everyone's still stuck in cities. Mm. Mm. Just think, just think about my job and do I want to be driving? People that can work from home really have opportunities opened up now. Mm. And that's something to consider. The community is the fourth thing. Mm-hmm. Who can I rely on in this area? Who do I know? Do I have any friends? Is there a church and a church network close by? Uh, having someone to help you in the country, I think, is probably more important than in the city. Mm-hmm. And I, just having family around like I do in this area is really helpful mm-hmm. because you just, there are some things you need. And if you were to move to the country somewhere, try and think of is there a church close by, is there a network of friends I have, others I know. The, the fifth thing I'd want you to think about is the medical side of things. Mm. In the bush, it's a lot tougher for, for medical needs. Mm. Now, my, my, my wife's a nurse and she's like one of the only permanent RNs in our local hospital. Wow. Um, you've got to travel to get medical care, uh, significant distances when you're in the bush. Mm. And if you're in that situation where you need medical care, you cannot be living out in the boondocks. Mm. It's, um, it, it's too challenging and too tough. And you, you see that a lot of studies are coming out that 
the, the downside of living in the country is that the government services for, for medical care are just not the same as when you live. We used to live in Canberra and it's awesome for its medical care. Mm. So that's one thing you should consider. And the, the final thing in this time in which we live, mm-hmm. if you can sell up, and be debt free and have something. I think that's a fantastic thing because mm. mm-hmm. there's more coming in the financial crisis side in economy, isn't there? Uh, really, the world's the that world's was... in trouble on every single yes. side, and it doesn't matter which way I turn. There's yep. a massive challenge. Yes, and um, we, we talk about that every week, and and I'm not going to talk about all those things this morning. But <laughs> just keep watching. Yeah, you know the the stuff that's going on. Is bizarre, bizarro mm. in the economy. So, mm. um, yeah, there's going to be more challenges. There's no doubt about that. I'm not panicking because even if I live in the biggest city on earth, uh, God is with me. Mm. I can trust Amen. in that's Jesus. It. And so that's the ultimate thing to be spiritually, to not neglect or say, I'll do that one day. That today mm. I'm walking with the Lord and he's my companion. And it doesn't matter where I live. And I may not have the opportunity to ever live in the country, but God will be with me and he'll look after me. Mm. But the day's coming where people will be grateful when they're not trapped in a big city somewhere. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Powerful. Yes, today is the day of salvation, and that's the opportunity that we've been given. Justin, thank you so much for mm, joining us this morning, getting into, yeah, the definitely the things that we need to be looking out for as we head into the future. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.